0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to build smart now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entree Architect Academy is a digital program and private online community of architects working together to build a better profession through business, leadership, and personal success. Entree Architect Academy, build a better business, be a better architect learn more at entrearchitect.com entre architect podcast episode 169 welcome back to the entre architect podcast my name is mark arlepage and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect whether you have plans to someday start your own firm Whether you're in the process of launching a startup or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. One of the struggles I hear often from architects is that the general public is ignorant of what we do as architects. You know, if if people don't know what we do, how will they ever value our services? How can we better educate and share our purpose with the world, and in doing so, increase that perceived value of the profession throughout the world? Well, this week, I'm talking with an architect based in New York City and Hong Kong, a founder of a thriving architecture and design firm who has found a way to educate society on the value of architects and architecture. One child, at a time. This week at Entre Architect Podcast, Architecture for Children, with architect Vicky Chan. This episode of Entre Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors: FreshBooks and Carb, BQE Software and Arcat. FreshBooks get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. Learn more at entrearchitect.com/slash freshbooks. And NCARB, helping architects reach their career goals. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash NCARB. And BQE Software, the makers of ArchiOffice, office and project management software designed specifically for architects. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash BQE. And Arcat, the leading online resource for free building product information. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash rcat. Vicky Chan, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Hi, Mark. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's good to be good to have you here. Uh,
0: Vicky is the founder of Avoid Obvious Architects, which I love that name, just right there alone. Uh, I can't wait to have this conversation. Uh, you, have, you have offices in New York and Hong Kong, um, the firm's pushing sustainable design for buildings and cities with a focus on combining art and green technology. Uh, and he's also founded a, a volunteering organization called Architecture for Children, which is really what I want to get into most here, uh, to teach architecture on a weekly basis and has taught over 3,000 children about sustainable design and architecture, uh, which is really, really uh, amazing. We were actually introduced, Vicki by Jared Smith, who some people, if you're on the internet and you uh, are on social media, you may know him as architect owl. Um, when I reached out to my entre architect community on Facebook, we have a Facebook group, uh, of, of all small firm architects. I had a friend who asked me if I had some good resources for people who are interested in sharing architecture with children. And I didn't have anything, you know, specifically come to mind, which was, you know, disturbed me a little bit. I, I wanted to have that resource right at the at my fingertips, and uh, and I didn't, I couldn't find that. And I did a, c- a couple of Google searches and didn't find anything anything very specific. So I went to my community, and I asked, and I got overloaded with with advice and information and resources. And one of them was uh, architecture for children, referred by Jared Smith, and we connected in the group and talked a little bit. And so I wanted to invite you here and uh, And talk mm-hmm. about your journey a little bit, so let's let's get started with that. Let's start with your personal story, your origin story. Go back mm-hmm. to where you discovered architecture and and what inspired you to become an architect uh, and then tell us your story from that point uh to where you find yourself today.
1: Cool. Well, first of all, uh, I actually grew up in Hong Kong, uh, and then my family moved to New York uh, about uh, 20 years ago. So, I went to school in New York, uh, went to high school in New York. Um, you know, I always loved art and science, and at the time, like uh, it didn't come to me that like architecture was actually the, I guess, the best combination of the, the both uh, subjects, and. Um, you know, when I was like, going through college and architecture, was just like, oh, wow, like, look, look at what they do. And, uh, you know, I just love the idea of being able to uh, do everything I do really best uh, and to be able to combine them. And then later on throughout this whole academic, like, uh, 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 study, like, you know, I, I see different things, I learn different things, and uh, I really, you know, in love with it and decided to stay in the career. And, uh, you know, I actually went and worked for uh, many big firms like uh was som uh after graduation and then um you know at the time yeah, you know, i was doing really really long hours and you know I, at one point i was actually doing uh, uh you know 110 hours a week uh, oh, i geez. got so sick
0: yeah
1: i got so sick uh and then not only that like after that competition it was a competition uh, we lost and then uh <laughs> I just lost, like I, I I just lost my mind. I'm like, ah, oh, all these hours I went in to work for someone else, and then they took all the credit, and not only that uh, we lost. <laughs> so yeah. I uh, I wasn't even paid for the overtime. So I decided to you know switch and then uh, get out and uh, started my own thing. And that's, that was actually kind of like the, the the personal reason of doing it. The the second reason of doing it was actually kind of related to the volunteering thing that I wanted to do. Uh, You know, in a firm, it's very hard for me to say no to a client because I'm I'm not the boss. Uh, And it's also very hard to advocate uh, ideas that I wanted to, you know, tell the world. Uh, So, you know, I uh, found my own thing. I was able to tell my client the things I wanted to say, the green message specifically. Uh, How do do we or how can we actually make, you know, more sustainable buildings uh, or even smaller design, different things like that. And not only that, uh, I was able to, you know, take uh, time out of the week, uh, on a, usually on a weekday uh, and then go to a local school and then start teaching children about architecture. Uh, many times uh, we focus on a scientific subject like uh, either climate change or wind energy uh, or let's say uh, the last week we did a green roof. Uh, so we will be able to do many things together and then they learn about the science, they learn about the physics. The idea is that uh, not only, well, most of them won't become architect. Uh, they will be interested in architecture and good design and sustainable design, but they won't, like, may not get into the uh, our field. But that's okay. My, my idea is that when they grow up and get into the position of uh, you know, being a decision makers, being a leaders, or whatever they do, they have that idea of green design in the back of their head, uh, so that. You know, I, I well, I mean, that's my way of actually influencing the society, uh, uh hoping hoping that like they can actually do something bigger. And uh, I mean, as of uh, actually just this weekend, uh, their uh, their work actually just won a uh, award in Italy. Like the, our volunteering organization just won an award in Italy. Wow. Uh, so that in in a way, I mean, I uh, I was really thankful. But I think my kid, I haven't seen them yet since we won. Uh, I think my kid would be like hyper excited. Uh, and uh, I mean the one of the message that i i mean by winning that uh the message I've been able to tell the children is that like uh, look what you can do. It was an adult competition, but you're able to beat other people not only because you're doing the right thing but you work hard on it so I, I think we are sending a really positive message out uh, to some of the children, and some of the school we taught are also uh let's say uh they they have special need uh and one of the you know, a couple students we had was uh, actually on wheelchair, and they had hard time actually making um, uh, paper models because uh, you know, it was just a little bit more difficult for them. But you know, they manage it really well, very refined model, very clean and sharp corners. Uh, the idea I learned from that is that like sometimes like uh, I ask them to make buildings and then they uh, a lot of like if I go to a different school or regular school. You know, people would tell me, "I want to make this like robot. I want to make this like Star Wars thing. All this cartoon that they look at." But when I go to this special need school, they said, "Oh, they want to make hospitals." Mm. And at the moment, I was like, "Oh, wow!" Like, like I, you know, you know, I run a business. I have to make money. Sometimes, like, I lost, you know, my intention of why I'm doing it. But teaching children actually refresh what I do or what my partner do. Like, you know, we are able to actually get. Uh, uh, just the real, you know, meaning of architecture. Yeah. Uh, so we learn from the children, and this, this is a really good story. I was uh, actually uh, and, another part of it is like from teaching is that uh, we actually learn about presentation from children uh, or different ideas as well. Uh, one of the children, I asked, I was doing bridges uh, and telling them about different structure and different type of bridge, and then I was talking to them about like uh, uh, like suspension bridge. And then I asked them, like, what do you feel or what do they look like? And one of the kids tell me, oh, the Brooklyn Bridge looks like a, a big smile.
0: Hmm.
1: And I was like, at that point, I realized, oh, wow, like, if I can ever present like the way they present in the most innocent way, like, look at the big smile bridge. And I feel, I feel like I will actually win all the competition or win all the jobs because, like, that innocent way of thinking, like, I sometimes lost it like uh it just gets so complicated with uh you know, all this like fancy idea, but yeah <laughs> right. maybe that is uh actually just the best uh, by you know simplifying it yeah and I was uh one of the children also gave me some really like uh crazy answer um you may uh, i mean a couple of months ago people were all doing all this like pokemon thing like right. uhkemon yeah. and, pokemon and, Go. and, and yeah, yeah yeah and so I asked the children, hey, what, what do you feel, uh, how, how do you think we can actually solve the world's energy problem? And one of the children was so obsessed with like his Pokemon, and he said, oh, if Pokemon is actually a reveal, we will get unlimited amount of electricity. And I was like, oh, wow, That that is so crazy. Like, I mean, it's a crazy thought, but at the same time, if I will really think about it, is it, really tying to all this like bioelectricity and all this stuff together. So I, uh, I mean, I mean, of of course, there are only ten right now, but you know, who knows? Man? I mean, like those crazy ideas may actually become like uh, true, like not, uh, I guess, in the near future. Yeah. So I, I, I. So in a may, in in many ways, I I just find it like very like uh, fruitful. Like I find it to be a win-win situation that I I volunteer. Like uh, I learn something from them, and they learn something from me, and uh, and hopefully when they grow up, they get to do the same thing that I'm doing.
0: Yeah, it goes both ways. It's the you inspire them and they inspire you um w- was w- First of all, I have lots of questions. So so the first question is is um your inspiration I mean you 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 wanted to launch your own firm uh, And you had this idea. Where did this idea for architecture for children come from? What what inspired oh, you to to do that?
1: The uh Well, I was actually in, when I was in college, I like, uh, I worked for this uh uh, program coordinator, uh, they won this program in the university and sent all this university uh, student to um, uh, to different local school to teach them math and English. But the, uh, you know, but I mean, there's only so much you can do or have fun with just two specific subjects. And then uh, this coordinator first, like, got uh, in touch with me and said, hey, I got a side, a side program. Uh, her name is Peggy, Peggy Fagan. And uh, she got this like side program in Brooklyn, and she's mostly doing this for low-income children. And she said, "Hey, hey, why don't you just do a section for us uh, on specifically on architecture?" So I firstly begin like that was uh, I've been teaching for uh, actually uh, 14 years now. So that was uh, just a long time ago. We began uh, with this idea to teach uh, children architecture. So at the time, it wasn't actually me who actually uh, started or funded this idea. It was uh, someone invited me into their class and start doing it. And after that, I, I realized that um, it, it it's actually very difficult in many ways. Uh, when I woke, go in, I was just thinking to talk to the kid, but they, they don't really listen to you. You have to come up with a very simple presentation that they can finish in 45 minutes. Right, <laughs> if they right. don't finish, yeah. they don't learn anything. So I end up getting deeper every time. Like, how do I refine the idea so that they take away with like a really important keyword or important idea? And how do we do something that they don't actually end up making a lot of waste? Uh, at, at the time, at, I actually went to Pratt. So a lot of Pratt student was actually next to us, uh, around us. Uh, they also showed a lot of Pratt student were actually, actually making art uh, using like um, very sustainable material, like. Uh, they were um you know making like just clay out of like uh, uh different food that you can find and and you know i i got an idea from that as well so i learned from all the people around me hey what if i can actually you know build up on that uh all the material that we use to build paper model uh, either like a uh, uh, newspaper that uh, we collected or uh, uh, old paper that we found or uh, it, uh, last well, a couple of weeks ago we built bridges out of like pasta like spaghetti steak and you know other, I, I saw a lot of big firm have done that with kids but ours was actually a bit more different uh, we actually do all the join uh, with like flour mm. uh, so they were just mixing everything with all pure food that you can eat um, uh, and then Uh, in order to hold up the weight we got a tomato (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's tomato and spaghetti it's just like uh, they actually end up taking it home to prepare dinner (laughs) and um, so 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 that idea of being able to um, come up with something simple and uh, they can finish on time and get away actually helped me with my own design process as well Uh, uh, the again go back to the to, to what I said like funding the most innocent way to present a sustainable idea, I guess it is it, probably what everyone needs right now, yeah, when it, a lot of people are so confused about climate change, but uh if we can just simplify it, I think it's just very easy for everyone,
0: right, so the essence of bringing it right down to the essence the 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 pureness of what it is um mm-hmm. make it so simple that it's impossible to not understand,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. and the uh and for other inspiration of with you know doing it with children is also uh, sometimes like it really like I also learn from different culture while um, doing it with our children like uh, we have been teaching in Hong Kong and also in New York and in New York like children are in general more creative like they are exposed to more art uh, in general in New York. So at one point I was uh, doing like this like uh, towers that were really close to each other. And I asked them like what do they think about it and how do they uh, wanted to react to this like architecture. And one of the child told me that like oh what if like it looks almost like a spider, uh man can actually climb between the two walls <laughs> and go up like between these two wall towers. And then uh, I asked the same question. To uh, children here in Hong Kong, and I'm, the children I'm talking about is actually like six years old. And this children in Hong Kong told me that, oh, oh, um, like if there's an earthquake, like these two towers too close to each other, that they may actually just collapse. And then it, it gave me like something uh, kind of interesting thing about this cultural thing that um, uh, in education, like you know, one culture are so creative that. They have this crazy idea, but yeah, you know, at the same time, like uh, uh, I don't, I don't know, like uh, maybe they didn't say anything that was specifically technical. But in a different culture in Asia, you know, people are so technical and they're so bright and they're so like just, just everything was, was correct. But yet, like this six-year-old uh, boy didn't actually tell me anything that I found it interesting or creative. <laughs> just gave me the proper answer. So in many ways, I feel like in this two culture, like I'm giving a little bit of uh, uh, what is actually missing in, in what they have, like maybe in New York, like uh, uh, maybe I, I have to focus a bit more on the technical side, give them a bit more knowledge about what they need because they're already so creative, they know what they want. But in Hong Kong, like, I'm trying to do the opposite. I try to encourage them to fail, encourage them to get out of the envelope, uh, to really try something that they don't know. Rather than giving giving me this like perfect answer, yeah,
0: yeah, I love that. So so do you do you do this? You said you do this weekly. You teach every yes, week. I
1: that. Yes, I do it. Yes, I do it weekly. Yeah, I've been doing it uh, with a lo- uh, three different local school. Uh, the um sometimes we do it twice a week, but it, it can get too uh, a bit too intense for me. Uh, we have like uh, volunteers as well. Uh, they all are. Uh, they, they, they don't they're not necessarily like architects are uh, some people study uh, interior design some people study uh, advertising some people study uh, Mathematics uh, they come in and, and do things you know, with their children. So it's great, but it, it is very challenging I mean it's running an organization even though it's a non-profit But it's still like running a firm finding people to help you right. or to keep on like, doing It's also difficult because we do it on a weekly uh, week, uh, we do it during the weekday, and uh, a lot of people work, so it, it, it just uh, very challenging to be able to find people who have time. So it's usually easier during the weekend, but but uh, you know, student doesn't want to show up on the weekend.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so is this is this are you um, introduced into the curriculum? or are you doing this as an extracurricular it's, well, yeah, activity? It's
1: after, an yeah, after-school program right now, okay. yeah. Uh, so, I write my own program, and mm-hmm. then I give it to the school, to school, look at it, and they think it's okay, and then I would just do this whole semester thing, and then uh, with the same group of uh, students. And sometimes we take them out to the field trip, uh, like uh, in New York, we've been to the um, top of the rock. And uh, here in Hong Kong, we also do it uh, near the uh, near the harbor. Uh, we actually had a joint event with the AI-8. The AI-8 uh, local chapter here in Hong Kong uh, had all these uh, 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 architects uh, here come to the event and then uh, we were doing a sketch with the children and then the children were uh, uh, having a mini competition among themselves and all the architects have to critique them and then we vote on the best join uh, that uh, they had uh, of Hong Kong and then we actually gave out a, a, a Kinda of small AIA mini version, uh, AIA award to all the children. <laughs> so, uh, so that was actually uh was pretty fun, yeah. And uh, we are, we were, we were really hoping to do more uh, similar events as well uh, with the AIA. They, you know, they are very active in terms of like uh, promoting, you know, local design, citizens design, uh, and uh, so forth and so on. Now our, our work is actually on display right now at the AIA headquarters, uh, in Washington DC. Uh, with the the children. The national, the the national headquarters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, those are, uh, you know, so in, in many ways, I found them very supportive as well.
0: Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entrez Architect, RCAT, FreshBooks, NCARB, and BQE Software. You already know all about RCAT and their free BIM objects and their CAD details and their specifications and product information all free, ready for you to use. Well, today, I want to share something new from RCAT. It's called Charette. Charette is a tool for sharing and collaborating with your colleagues and clients online in real time. You can upload photos and files, share specs and product information directly from the RCAT database, as well as from other sources on the internet. I've been playing with Charette in beta for a while now, and it's really cool. And now... It's available to you. I encourage you to go check it out. Visit RCAT online and click the Charette icon right there on the homepage. And like everything offered at RCAT, Charette is a free tool for us small firm architects too. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash 192 hours. You wish you had that much free time? That works out to about two business days every month. And when you're a small firm architect using FreshBooks cloud accounting software, that's the amount of administration time that you could save in 2017. That's time that you can spend doing the things you love, like being an architect. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team by project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. Sign up for a free 30-day unrestricted trial and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitectcom slash FreshBooks to access FreshBooks for free. And be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Do you know someone in your firm who's always dreamed of getting licensed, but was unable to complete the experience requirements? Well, maybe that person's you. Now you can get back on track with NCARB's new AXP portfolio. With this option, seasoned professionals can complete the Architectural Experience Program, the AXP, formerly known as the IDP, by submitting an online portfolio. Along with meeting your state's education and examination requirements, the portfolio will help you and your employees get one step closer to becoming a licensed architect. Learn more about NCARB's AXP portfolio at EntreeArchitect.com slash NCARB. One of the most often requested resources here at Entree Architect is project management software. How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects? BQE Software, an AIA Advantage partner and the makers of Office, will show us how. ArchiOffice is the only office and project management software designed specifically for architects. It will help us manage people and projects and allow us to focus on designing great architecture. Whether you're working remotely or on-site, ArchiOffice allows you to monitor the status of your projects and tasks and send out invoices in an accurate and timely manner. Entree Architect podcast listeners can get a fully functional 15-day trial of ArchiOffice today at entrearchitect.com slash BQE. RCAT, Fresh Books, and BQE software, please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the entree architect community. You said that, that you do this and it goes both ways, that you are inspiring our you know mm-hmm. these children to learn more about design, learn more about architecture, and then and and that sort of broadens their horizon, looks at mm. you know sort of understands more about architecture, more about design, sustainability, mm. green design. so as they become older, that is an influence in the decisions they make Um yes. can you can you um, point to an example of the reverse where their mm. inspiration, their simplicity, their their uh, um, their innocence has inspired mm-hmm. you? In some of the work that you've done, can you talk about yeah. something specific that that's, yes, that's influenced yes. you yes,
1: yes uh, the um uh, I think it was actually two projects uh one of them were talking about like uh a wind turbine, and then you know she proposed a wind turbine at the for her house, and then she said that like what if the wind turbine when it is not in use, like you can actually turn it done and make it into a ceiling fan uh i mean um it can influence some of the work that we do um i mean not literally turning yeah, a wind yeah. turbine into a ceiling fan but we were looking at some uh, wind technology and question like how can we imply dual function to some of this engineering item so that they don't look or work specifically for one function. Maybe they have multiple functions that integrated into our design and, and architecture. And the other one that was actually quite interesting was uh, one of the child told us that uh, they wanted the hole in the middle of their house so that uh, during the nighttime uh, they can actually open the ceiling and look at the star. Like I found that presentation to be very just direct and uh, uh, Influential, like I actually had uh, you know, presented it in a very similar way in my uh, one of our, our projects. and there the are two things that actually kind of stopped, uh kind of strike me uh, uh, in many ways, Like um, although I'm in Hong Kong, but the whole the the U.S. presidency, the, the whole campaign actually kind of broadcast like almost every day here in Hong Kong, so a lot of children know about like the uh, current uh, U.S. president. And then they, um, uh, I don't want to get too much into politics, but one of the kids actually just built a uh, a bunker. He built a bunker. He said, what, well, if there's a nuclear wall, like, you will be able to go underneath, uh, un- is it below? He-, he built, like, here's the table, and he almost, like, built an L-sheep, and then a kind of cantilevered underground. And then uh, he told me that, like, this is the way for him to put his uh, family, like, you know, keep them safe. and. Uh, right this and that. But that, in, in in many ways, kind of like, kind of give me back something to work with, like, oh, wow, look, look at the society that we have created, like through the media, through the news and through the message that we are trying to tell the next generation that maybe I have to work harder to tell them something more positive, something more sustainable, something more like, uh. Uh, Useful that they can work with. Not not to say a bunker is not useful, but but I just found it a bit pessimistic that as a ten years old that this 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 is an image that he had in his mind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And but it's but it's interesting how children children are not are not filtered. You know that they they say what they think, Um, and they and they're thinking from the things they're being influenced, the things they're they're seeing and they're hearing and they're uh, and they're living living through. And so you know when a child you know, responds to a question like that and, and, uh, and shares their design. Uh, it does sort of make us all step back and say, Hey, you know, where are we right now and what are we doing? And so, um, I don't, I think it's very interesting to, to, uh, to look at our world through children's eyes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, yeah. if, um, what, what would be a good way for, cause I, I think there's, there's lots of opportunities here for, Architects, people who are listening to us right now, um, who may want to get more involved in children to to educate the future, like you are, mm-hmm. uh, and be influenced by the students that they are influencing. What are some, what's some advice for someone who may want to either get involved in your organization or you know start a program of their own?
1: The uh, I, I mean, when I first uh, you know I, I've been working in New York for for a while, and then I, I actually came back. To Hong Kong where I was born about three years ago. So when I first got here I actually don't have any connection in terms of the, the schools in terms of like uh, who to talk to uh, So what I did to promote I won't continue volunteering. So I had to start you know with something. So what I did was actually I I, I set up a, a little page on my website. I also printed some very small booklet and i just go to the school dialogue on, on you know on, on the website uh, i just literally send everyone <laughs> that i see on the email uh, about uh, what i can offer them to do as a volunteer and uh, uh you know two or three of them actually reply and then i end up teaching uh, at those uh, school as well and so uh, so i guess to answer your question in a very simple way like i do it for free I don't think it's actually that hard to tell any school that you want to volunteer. Like, I think they are always, you know, needing more people, needing more professional help. So just simply go into the school and tell them you want to do something with the children. Even on one day, I think the school uh, will be probably very happy to to, uh, accept the invitation. And uh, the second thing is, like, probably – a bit, also, because we don't have money, like we have to be very conservative with uh, the material that we use to teach children. I mean, something is. I mean, let's say pencil and scissors. Those are. I mean, those you kind of have to buy. Like you can't really just make a brand new scissors out of like trash. Uh, I mean, we try to in New York. There's an organization called Material for the Arts. Uh, you may know about it. But basically, like. All the big corporation, when they have trash, they want, they don't want to throw away. They donate it to this uh, warehouse. They basically have this giant warehouse in Queens. And then all the teacher, uh, if you register as a teacher, or or if you you register or tell them that you are doing teaching thing, you can go in and grab all the free material things are just random. They sometimes give you these Starbucks, like cups, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that, that you can make some art project out of. Uh, and I mean, from there, I guess you can grab some material, come up with an idea to build with the kid, and that would be good. And the final thing I, I would say is to come up with a topic that I, I think the children will remember. Uh, I mean, the, the attention span was so short, uh, sometimes I, I find it almost impossible. Uh, to keep them focused. So uh, not. Uh, but uh, many times, what I do is that I hold a mini competition. Like every class, I will tell them, like uh, we will build. Let's say, the other day we were building a, a car, like out of like newspaper, a uh, actual uh, actual movable car with a balloon attached to the back so that they can actually just roll it uh, so I said it is a competition uh, but whoever won this uh, competition may get a you know a small box of like color pencil so by telling them that uh, everyone just so excited and motivated that they, they all feel like they had to finish it so uh, so I feel like you know if people can come up with ideas like that uh, people will be more engaged and 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 will remember the lessons a bit uh, better yeah
0: what are, what's what uh, have you ta- have you taught um, many different ages?
1: Or? Uh, it's mostly six to twelve right now, but uh, the the little one is, is more rare. Uh, the older one, like uh, ten to twelve, are, are kind of like my prime focus. The little 12. one is great as well. Yeah, the little one is great as well. But sometimes, like um, depending on the school, some school the little one may have hard time with the paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are still learning how to cut their thing like i mean i don't want to compete with other art program they already had like right. i i don't necessarily want to spend the time to tell them how to you know do a straight line and things like that so for the older kid not too old but like old enough that they they know how to handle you know, basic craft uh then um uh, it's easier for me to focus on the idea rather than technical <laughs> paper making skill yeah but the uh but the younger ones are also equally creative sometimes they can me something that uh, I you know the 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 one that we just told me about the the ceiling fan and wind turbine yeah. uh, she was actually 6 years old <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it uh, uh i i'm just fascinated by the way the children think and so i i think it uh, it would be beneficial for everyone i think every community uh probably has similar programs not not exactly what you're doing but probably has some opportunity for architects to get involved in existing programs or create your own program and, mm-hmm. and you know and uh, introduce it to the school system yeah. Uh, and, yeah and like like um vicky said that if if uh if you're doing this as a volunteer there are probably few schools that are going to turn you down and so uh it's Great to hear your story, Vicky. Thank you very much for joining me here today and sharing sharing your story. Uh, very inspiring. I love to hear what you're doing. I love the way that it's both ways that it's that you're inspiring the future of our the future generation, uh, implanting the ideas of sustainable design and green design uh, in the in the future of our of our uh, society. And you're getting back the information and the inspiration mm-hmm. and the knowledge of these innocent children. And so it's great to uh to hear that story. Uh, oh, thank you. Your your website is uh uh aoarchitect.us, correct? Yes. And you're on Facebook with both uh, avoid obvious and architecture for children. So it's facebook.com slash avoid obvious uh and facebook.com slash architecture for for children. Uh, I do have that last question that I want to ask you but before we ask you that question mm-hmm. what what's the what's the story behind the avoid obvious name of your architecture firm
1: oh <laughs> I love the name we, so, I, I can't when, I can't
0: leave without asking that
1: <laughs> uh, when we first began uh, you know we were really young like uh, I mean we're still very young like our average age right now is 40 years old so, uh, among all the team member and partners so when we first do it, uh, as an architectural firm, uh, you know people don't think we can do it. So rather than going mainstream with like uh, putting my last name at the front of the firm or putting, uh, uh, uh like uh, like just a uh, you know those three letter things, right, like yeah. uh, <laughs> I I wanted to, you know, just tell people that we're different. We I can do something that uh, other team cannot do. So in in a in a way, we're just uh, kind of like our rebellious mind telling other people that you know we can do it as a young firm as well. Uh, but as it as it involved like actually a lot of the clients are uh, now getting back to us about this name. You know, some people love it. Like some people came to us specifically for this. Like they hired an architect in New Jersey and they said that I I didn't like this guy because they were very conservative in terms of their you know, New Jersey-like development. Uh, so they wanted something that, uh, they wanted to new, do something not so obvious. So that, that was uh, kind of interesting for us, uh, having this name. But of course, like, you know, in many ways, uh, uh, you know, we, we also graduate, like, slowly moving like, toward like, a bigger, bigger firm. So uh, we have to, you know, also finding a way to graduate from that name as well. Uh, right. like, that's kind right. of like working work in progress. Yeah,
0: yeah well, it, it, it is your brand. You know, you started yeah. with it and it clearly it sends a message immediately uh, and tells the story of who you are and, and what you do. Uh, so it's, it's great for branding. But as you grow, I mean, you are a relatively large firm now uh, doing large projects that that brand may need to evolve as well. And you're st- probably starting to see some some pushback because you're doing larger projects and, and, yeah. uh, have, and, a, and you're a larger firm that it's that it's uh, you may be outgrowing the name
1: right right uh but it also depends on the language that we use uh, i mean in china that name just doesn't work like hmm. it you, you can't translate the name directly into uh uh you know avoid the obvious It just right. interesting there's no slant or, or faces like that yeah so uh we end up like you know picking something uh, similar but uh a bit more positive uh uh in, in a sense uh so uh so you you know we we are still learning different cultures well and yeah. uh, what kind of language is appropriate for for that country
0: <laughs> Are you considering a rebrand Uh
1: at the moment uh, not exactly like um I mean I'm, I'm going to give you a, a maybe a bit more background on the commercial uh, aspect like yeah. you know we do a lot of different things like uh Sometimes we do design, like at one point we were actually doing design for a fashion designer, making a handbag, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, we, uh, when we were much younger, like as a firm, and, you know, we also did like, uh, let's say, branding for real estate developer, like how to brand their building, doing renderings, uh, 3D modeling to, to really market uh, their building uh, That were uh, for a for design that wasn't actually done by us and then we also do architecture urban planning as a firm, and we have this like children thing so it's in many ways right now it's just like you know we try to group it into a b c d like a for architecture b for branding c for children and d for design so we, we're still kind of working with this idea yeah. right now uh, but uh I'm not quite sure yet uh, yeah yeah but 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 you know I you know how Google work like you know you have to in order to get up onto Google it takes many years of like uh you know publishing so our name is already out there, you know, registered with many like other sites. Uh, so I don't think I will change my name soon, like because I will lose all this, like accreditation. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, when when you go through that process, I'd love to to bring you back, and uh, yeah, and have so you so. talk about that process of of uh, of how you've taking that name and that brand and have it evolve and and turn into what you need it to be because I think that's a great story too and and uh, I'd love to hear how it how it ends so uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to have cool. you back so let's uh, let's ask that final question that we always ask here what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow
1: I think it has to be related to writing apps in my opinion Uh, actually i have been or my team have been trying to write this like app that we call it carbon app like uh, we do a lot of uh, let's say carbon footprint calculation a lot of them are are done in excel spreadsheet a lot of them is done manually looking up at certain carbon uh you know footprint of different product and try to come up with the whole consumption uh, as a whole the uh i found that very like Manual, very inefficient. Like I mean, I, I feel like it gotta be automated in some way. So I feel like writing an apps can help us not only achieve that, but I'll be able to tell my client, look, I'm not just selling architecture. I can help you be very scientific and accurate if I can get this like app and present to them. And at the same time, like we had this idea as well. The apps can help me make money in a different way. Uh, I'm going to use some brand name right now. Like, I hope you don't mind. Not at all. I, 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 I'd yeah, love to hear. I it. I was imagining like, what if we have this app and then we sell it to McDonald's or partner with them in a way? Uh, we consider carbon as a future currency, and then we tell them, hey, like look at your different, look at your menu right now. You have fillet fish. You have like uh, you know, a Big Mac. But, you know, they're priced differently just based on the material they use differently. But what if they're priced differently based on the carbon footprint, based on the carbon that they consume? And the carbon they consume can vary on a daily basis. But at the moment, if you go to McDonald's, every day the price is exactly the same. But, you know, but what if carbon has a way to influence the prices. You know, maybe today the truck driver doesn't actually drive that far. So the Big Mac is a lot cheaper now, <laughs> just because like the carbon footprint is a lot lower. So in many ways I feel like writing an apps can help our architectural firm to diverse and you know, we know something very you know well and but we just wasn't able to get it automated enough so that uh, we can actually sell it to other people as a product or as a tool so that it become a scalable uh, business. But of course, I uh, I haven't really you know fully worked it out yet. I haven't made any profit out of it out of it yet. But that that that's actually a little yeah. idea I have. I think yeah. it's a great idea
0: to to take some of the things, some of the knowledge that we all have as architects, and create an app or a website or some sort of resource uh, that we can use for branding and marketing and you know helping uh, our our clients you know achieve achieve some some useful utility. Uh, will come back to us and and become uh, part of who we are and what we are and and potentially earn us some additional supplementary income. So uh, great idea, great idea. So, Vicky, thank thank you you very much for for coming here today and sharing some time with us, sharing your story uh, here at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you. If you liked what we shared here today, complete show notes in a direct link to download this episode will be found at EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 169. Share that link with somebody that you think might benefit from the knowledge that we shared here today. And don't forget to visit the website to learn more about Entre Architect Academy, our private online membership program built for you, the small firm entrepreneur architect. Visit the homepage today at entrearchitect.com. My name is Mark page and I am an entrepreneur architect. And I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.